This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot to get to on this Monday. No. Are we starting with Fauci? Well, I felt like the energy was a little oh. bit low today, guys. So, all oh right, let's gosh. see what, what St. Fauci has to say right now. Dr. Anthony Fauci wound up on the Sunday morning shows and was asked about a number of states that are loosening restrictions and whether or not it's too soon for that. This was <laughs> too on. soon? I know, right. right? This was on ABC's This Week. Okay. I don't think so, George. Not right now. Um, I, I don't see us going back into any more really very restrict kinds of restrictions. You can't get another guest, George. Really? This is what's going to bring in the viewership. This is what everybody's talking about right now. What does Fauci think about reinstating restrictions? So lame. But you always have to have the flexibility. Remember when the CDC came out with the modification of their metrics, which would lead to the guidelines of what regions or counties in the country should have a masking indoor. Uh They made it very clear that as you pull back on restrictions, if we do see a significant surge, particularly one that might result in increased Uh, hospitalizations, we have to be prepared to pivot. Florida got it right. Texas got it right. No one should listen to you. I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to talk over you. Boom, the end. Clip over. How's that? Woof. Next. I thought I had a hot take. I got nothing. Screw that guy. Seriously. Should have been fired a long time ago. We should all just be done listening. You know, the funny thing is I'm hearing this for the first time um, in because I, I t- when I see him, I just go somewhere else to another channel. I just got my remote in my hand. I just go somewhere else. I can't take it anymore. I can't take him anymore. That's one thing I think you have in common with most Americans right now. I'm just done with it. I mean, I, I don't want to see him anymore. He, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I can't. It ruins my day. Unless it's people worshiping at the Church of Fauci. Well, yeah, they're there. Yeah. That's, that's a different thing. The, the mask people. Okay, so going to be a lot of talk this week about the Supreme Court nominee. Yeah. Okay, except this one's different. Abortion's not being threatened, so we're, you know, not having weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in the streets of America. Yeah. But this is a person of color and a woman. So any attacks, just know ahead of time, are racist racist and misogynistic yeah the, that's true the yeah. senate is going to be deciding on joe biden's supreme court nominee judge uh katanji brown jackson or as joe biden calls her if you remember this from a few weeks ago and of course we see another first in the nomination of katanji well you saw her i guess you saw <laughs> justice brown <laughs> that's another give up yeah. well you, you know her you know you, the thing g- 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 
<laughs> well, Senator Josh Hawley went after her record on sex offenders, specifically involving child pornography, where she sentenced offenders lower than the Justice Department guidelines. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah. hey, this is a big red flag, right? So Senator Dick Durbin, he's oh gosh, he's the guy on the uh, Judiciary Committee. He's going to be calling balls and strikes this entire process, and he is mad that Josh Hawley would even bring this up. Here's the bottom line. He's wrong. He's inaccurate and unfair in his analysis. Judge Jackson has been scrutinized more than any person I can think of. This is her fourth time before the Senate Judiciary. I can think of one. Brett Kavanaugh. (laughs) That's just off the top of my head. Yes. You backbencher. I would say so. Amy Cody Barrett, maybe? Before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And three previous times, uh, she came through with flying colors and bipartisan support. The last time as soon as just last year. And now uh, Senator Hawley is making these charges that came out of nowhere. The independent fact checkers like the Washington Post and CNN have discredited his claims already. (laughs) Yes. I think Dick is still living in a world where that matters. Anyway, go on, Dick. They should have. There's no truth to what he says. And he's part of a Hold fringe. On a second. Is it true or not, David? Oh, it's true. Okay, I, I think what's it, that? In fairness, you could be saying missing context and that she, when it comes to sex offender uh, sentencing guidelines being below the Justice Department recommendations, it's she's not out on an island by herself. But to me, that brings up, an entirely different issue, which is why the hell are more than 50% of judges not punishing sex offenders to the fullest extent of the law? It's a great question. But for Durbin to say that's just not true, I don't think he's telling the truth. Yes, Part of a fringe uh, within the Republican Party. This was the man who was fist-bumping the murderous mob that descended on the Capitol on January 6th of last year. Uh, He doesn't have the credibility he thinks he does. Who? Murderous mob. Who did they murder? Yeah, who's facing murder charges right now? Hmm. Uh, mm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another lie from Dick? Really? Yeah. I mean, Par th- for the course. This is kind of amazing, though, because they're going to be weeping and wailing anytime anybody criticizes this judge. Sure. And it's like, wait a minute, you guys called Neil Gorsuch a Russian spy, Brett Kavanaugh was a gang rapist, and Amy Coney Barrett was racist because she adopted black kids. That's right. You I guys forgot about that take. You yeah. you guys can go screw yourselves. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's almost comical. Uh meanwhile, man, Clarence Thomas has been hospitalized. That's making the news. Yeah. They said flu like symptoms, but it wasn't COVID. Yeah. I can say I've had that. I've known a lot of people sure. that have been sick. Just over the last couple of weeks, not COVID, but something like it. A lot of people feel like body aches, like you got beat up somewhere, something like that. Sort of a flu-like thing that's been going around. Hopefully that's all it is, and he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Who got really nervous when they first saw that story? Exactly what's going on? Yeah, I did a little bit, uh, to be honest. And then, of course, you hop on Twitter where oh, yeah. you know good feelings go to get kidnapped, thrown in a dungeon, and beaten within half an inch of its life. And you have liberals, like, saying, okay, okay, I'm not going to pray for his death and all this stuff. And you're just like, what is wrong with you? It's just the world we live in right now. And you would think, you know, with what we're seeing in Ukraine right now, 
I mean, it's horrifying what people and families are going through there, that everyone would just pump the brakes a little bit with the hot political take and realize, you know what? We are all very fortunate to live in this country. And you get that half of the country really doesn't see it that way, that this country is the problem. Like, it it should be in some ways hated. It has to be changed because it's just sinful. And still going down a path of, you know, more wretched crime and treating people in the wrong way, its own citizens, yet you have millions of people that are dying to come here. There is such a huge disconnect. Well, and conversely, I can, in fact, have an opinion about the dumpster fire that is the economy and at the same time have empathy for the people in the Ukraine. Of course. One doesn't cancel the other. I've been told one has to cancel the other, too. No, that's a group of people that have been used to being able to make the rules. How can I possibly feel that way when people in the Ukraine are, you know, Because you're a human that's capable of several thoughts and emotions. At the same time, yes. But they try to make rules for everybody. Right. Uh, You just need enough people to stand up and say, no. Yeah, not going to do that. We're pretty much done with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we'll get into this a little bit later on. And I know the Hunter Biden laptop story was 17 months ago. I understand that. But now for some people in America, they're finding out, oh, my gosh, it was true because of the failing New York Times. And that, I hope, is a wake-up call to people of how legacy media and big tech, along with the left, can be in concert together to put out its own form of propaganda on the American people. Because we're seeing it in Russia. And there's plenty of reports of how damaging it can be to a society. Agreed, it absolutely can. But no, it certainly happened here. Because that election could have been reversed very easily if legacy media just would have reported the story. And no one seems interested to get into what was on the laptop. Because, yeah, I mean, there are all sorts of tawdry pictures of Hunter Biden. But the bigger story was, how is Joe Biden and his family benefiting from these relationships with China and Ukraine? Because it certainly looks like they are. And we have this, you know, whole journalistic (laughs) sort of, what would you call it, David? I mean... A cartel? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, I like that. I'll just use industry that is supposed to, you know, stand by this, democracy dies in darkness. You're the worst. You're not reporting the truth. Well, you just keep waiting for the first, you know, seven minutes of 60 minutes where Leslie Stahl sits in the chair, looks at the camera and said, I'm sorry. Not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. But it should. Yeah, it should. Absolutely, it should. She should apologize to every single American. Well, and what about Twitter? What about Facebook? Yeah. I mean, Twitter shutting down the New York Post for reporting a true story? Where's that walk back? And everything that Facebook did. I get kicked off for a week for threatening to put some guy in a locker. Yeah, you did. Oh, speaking of Facebook. Did you see there's a UFC star that wants to punch Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, well, get in line <laughs> behind David Van Camp. Patty the Batty Pimblet. He beat Rodrigo Vargas at UFC London the other day. And then, as the story goes, challenged his next opponent. Apparently, Pimblet's had some issues with his Instagram and Facebook accounts getting shut down. One of the problems happened after he posted this inspirational message about a young boy battling cancer. And some followers then posted offensive comments about it. Um, And so then Patty, the baddie, 
uh, <laughs> responded with some choice words that then got him banned. We're not sure what he said. And so if you can understand what he's saying here, I can tell you it's uh, when he calls out Zuckerberg, lad, I'm going to punch your head in. I'm sick of you. Okay, here it is. I want to fight Mark Zuckerberg. Lad, I'm going to punch your head in. I'm sick of you, lad. You know what I mean? Sick of you. Shut my Instagram accounts down. When all I do is help charities and help people with mental health problems. You're the biggest bully on the, in the world, lad. Okay, did you catch all that? You're the biggest bully in the world. Yes, lad. He's right. I dig that dude's accent, though. That's right. It's pretty, <laughs> very cool. Well, the way he says punch him in the head, it, he goes by real quick. Mark Zuckerberg, lad, I'm going to punch your head in. I'm punch him in the head? Yes, very quick. <laughs> Team Biden thinking about sending people gas gift cards. We'll get to that much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Free gas gift cards. Yeah. <laughs> Are they on the way? Well, they're nice gifts for graduations, <laughs> birthdays. You know, I enjoy that. Yeah. The White, the White House is a bad ideas factory. It really is. Uh, but they considered giving Americans gas cards to help offset high prices. <laughs> So the White By the House, time they come in the mail, the prices would be back down, about right. like those COVID right. tests. Yeah. Right. So the White House also considered having the IRS send gas cards to Americans. This came up as part of a broader package to address, uh, to address gas prices. Uh, still in the early stages, by the way, according to Axios. Uh, oh, other boy. ideas uh, include, oh, another round of stimulus checks. Awesome. Good idea. During a supply crunch God. and record inflation. Awesome. Get that inflation to get worse. We're, we're going to use more ethanol to lower the demand for oil and cancel cancel oil companies' federal leases that aren't actively being used. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, uh, also raise taxes on oil companies because that definitely will not get passed along to the consumer. No, absolutely not. No, they'll take the hit because it's the American thing. Well, it would just be more of their greed because no one should take advantage during Putin's price hike. Isn't that Jen Psaki's line? No one should capitalize on Putin's right. aggression by taking advantage right. of American families. And this chart, uh, which you see here, shows both the p- price of crude oil and you see where, where it is as it relates to the price of gasoline. It's a futures market. Yeah. It's what it is, Jen. Gift cards. <laughs> you know there are people lapping that up, going, that's a great idea. See, he cares about the people. Oh, gosh. Do you have to have a driver's license to get one? Well, no. <laughs> okay. Why are you a racist? I don't know. I'm just saying, if you got to have an automobile, I mean. No, but in my heart, I have one. Okay. <laughs> it's my truth. <laughs> it is. It might be 12, but I need a gas card. That's right. <laughs> because in my mind, I drive. Okay. 
By the way, that whole story with the uh, University of Pennsylvania swimmer, that got a lot of talk over the weekend. And you did have the one girl that finished 17th that missed the final was talking about yeah, that that took my spot. Yeah. Because of the NCAA's decision. That is true. I mean, when you lay the blame on this entire thing with the former Will Thomas, now Leah, uh, with this, you know, winning the swimming tra- uh, championship in the 500 at the NCAAs, who do you, where do you put the biggest blame for this? Adults who said no. Or didn't say no. Or didn't, didn't say, say no. no. I mean, right. yeah, yeah. The guy. I mean, look, this this dude is playing like by it. the rules. There's nothing yeah. in the rules that say he can't do this. Correct. Goodness gracious. Well, the meme floating around this weekend was uh, Leah Thomas with a a, uh, a forked, in, in like a like a forked instrument in her hand. Okay. And it said Aquaman. Let's see that. Well, the swimmer that was complaining uh, was a 2016 Rio Olympian, represented Virginia Tech for the past five years, two-time ACC champion, two-time All-American, three-time honorable mention All-American, and said, with all due respect, I would like to address something that is a problem in our sport right now and hurting athletes, especially swimmers. Everyone has heard and known about transgender swimmer and in her case including all these issues and concerns that her situation brought into our sport she's doing what she is passionate about deserves that right on the other hand i would like to critique the ncaa rules that allow her to compete against us who are biologically women yes i mean this is common sense we should be beyond this my gosh man i mean yeah there were a lot of people that, you know, had heard of this for the first time, apparently, over the last week and said, yeah, that doesn't quite seem fair. Um, I don't know if you saw the headline. It made the rounds a little bit. NCAA swimming champ caught in possession of performance-enhancing testicles. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Babylon B headline. <laughs> right. They got booted from Twitter they got for something kicked off else. Twitter, yeah. Not for that, actually for something else. <clears throat> that was actually uh, for mentioning that Rachel Levine is a man. Man of the year. They yes. Off, they offered up, yeah. Yes. Out you go. You're, we're done. Can't be on Twitter anymore. Yeah, they named the Health and Human Services Assistant Secretary Rachel Levine as man of the year. And that the Twitter said, well, that's hateful. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And Twitter's like, well, we're not taking uh, – Babylon B said we're not taking it down. It's the truth. I'm just not going to take it down. But, yes, they were also criticized for the swimmer caught in possession of performance-enhancing testicles. They are enhancers, you know. Anyway, crazy. Uh, (laughs) Biden is heading to Europe. We'll tackle that much more next. Show. See, you need the pump up on a Monday. 
I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, Biden is heading to Europe. Yeah. For NATO talks. You know what we're talking about here? True international over depression. Oh, jeez. Isn't that true? Yeah. Biden is now going to Poland during his European trip this week to discuss the situation in Ukraine with NATO and European allies. I guess uh, Vice President Fortune Cookie didn't get the job done while she was over there. Kamala. Yeah. Can you imagine that guy being a step up? No, oh, geez. But yes, I can, because we watched her last week. That's sort of the problem. But that's where we are. I mean, yes, Joe Biden is a better communicator than she is. Yes. Good Lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's play this out for a second. Joe Biden is not the same guy he was 10 years ago. Not to say that, man, he was the sharpest then. But the decline, I mean, is obvious for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. But even with that. In your mind, you can sort of see, well, okay, so sometimes he seems a little more with it than others, right? Like he might be able to talk intelligently somewhat to a foreign leader. With Kamala, I don't know that it's possible. It's just talking points that she gets mixed up in her head. And it comes out like word salad, like we've heard so many times before. So is that the argument you would make, that this is better off than sending Kamala again? At least he is the president? I guess. Yeah, the the sen- the senile old man is better than the person who has no clue what's going on, I guess. But yeah, it's kind of what I'm getting at. Man, that's just yeah. It's a hearty endorsement, isn't it? Man. <laughs> right. I guess we'll send him over. We'll send the senile old man instead. We knew this wouldn't be good, okay? And I'm not trying to polish this at all cuz I don't think you can. But is it safe to say that Kamala in her role as vice president is even worse than you thought it would be. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think most Americans would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Kamala Harris, there was some interesting insight uh, that was mentioned by someone that doesn't get a certain amount of credit, David. Yeah, Rick Grinnell, who worked in the Trump administration, was actually the first openly gay cabinet-level uh, member of the White House team. Yes. I know everybody likes to talk about Pete Buttigieg, but no, it was Richard Grinnell. Like it or not, Trump was the guy who broke that glass ceiling. Yes. Anyway. Remember, Trump was the guy a lot of people said, my LGBTQ plus friends are going to have to move out of the country now. <laughs> Trump's president. Right. <laughs> well, Grinnell has a way with words, though. Uh, and on this, this was Dave Rubin's podcast. Yeah. That he's giving his assessment of Kamala Harris on. And he has, I guess, the nicest way of saying she's a complete fool during this interview. Agree. I blame the Sacramento media for allowing Kamala Harris as a woman and as a black person to rise and, and win all of these different offices simply because of her identity. She wasn't qualified. She doesn't have the capacity. And I honestly will will double down on that. If you look, there's no possible way Susan Rice and Ron Klain did not prepare her with a good book of, of what to say and what to do and what the policy was. I don't think it was a lack of preparation. I think it is a capacity issue that she doesn't understand these issues. Time out for just a second. No, he's right. Okay. That is really the nicest, classiest way of saying you're just not smart enough. 
No, you're not saying dumb as a brick. Nothing like that. Don't have the capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and everyone can see it. Um, she's been allowed to rise to the top yep. uh, without any vetting from the media. There's been no uh, push until she got into the presidential and then the national media a little bit were like, wait a minute, you're not really ready. And so she imploded. But the Sacramento media allowed her just to, you know, catapult and take over. Yeah. So his point is it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. People don't get a pass because they check a box, but they have for a long time. And that absolutely has to stop. Did you see this from over the weekend? Okay, I'll set it up this way. The whole Florida bill, the parental rights bill. David, I think you accurately describe it as the... Anti-grooming bill. Yes. What does the left call it? The don't say gay bill. Just not accurate. And so, you know, when they put the thing together, I, I do believe this. People from the Republican Party thought, okay, this is common ground we can all agree on. Kids that are in kindergarten, first grade, up through third, should not be talking about gender issues and transgender issues. So let's just pump the brakes there because this has been introduced into some schools and we're not going to do that here. We can all obviously agree on that, right? Uh, No, apparently not. No. I don't know. I don't know why Democrats want kindergarten teachers to talk to children about their genitals. But, you know, I'm not a mind reader. I have no idea why. They really want that to happen. It seems kind of weird to me. Well, and it's also this weird, there's no really argument from the left other than to say, well, kids don't even talk about this stuff. It's not even happening. There's that point to which you would say, then why do you have a problem with this bill? Or it's, well, there are some kids in kindergarten that feel afraid to talk to their parents about their gender. Well, you're not finding too many people that are saying this is true where I just need to go to my teacher as a kindergartner to talk to them because I'm afraid that my parents going to be mad. This is insanity. You can't make sense of it. And so then they go to the usual attack, which is just attack other people and say it's transphobic. So over the weekend, as there's basketball games being played, NCAA and the women's NCAA, Yet ESPN talking about the Florida bill. Okay? Sometimes with a moment of silence or several moments. Uh, the first thing you're going to hear is L. Duncan on ESPN. And listen to the way that she frames this on air. Legislation happening in Florida and across other states as well that are targeting our LGBTQI plus communities. Many of our colleagues here at ESPN have planned and organized a walkout that will be happening at 3 p.m. Eastern today. And to be honest with you, we thought we were going to come here today and really celebrate a sport that has meant so much and done so much, including for so many in the LGBTQIA plus communities. But we understand the gravity of this legislation and also how it is affecting so many families. How? Well, they're not going to say how. Has anyone explained how? David, have you heard it? No, they just say it. because right, they, That's it. Families. Again, and that they lo- say it into existence. That's that, just that, it. That logic doesn't make any sense either. No. Because what, what you're arguing against is the idea that families would be involved in this conversation. You're talking Correct. about the state yes. talking to a kindergartner 
about his or her genitals and sexual preferences. But that's what these lying sacks do. They frame it as families, which doesn't make any sense in their own argument. Across this country, and because of that, our allyship is going to take a front seat. And with that, we're going to pause in solidarity. (laughs) The allyship, because if we don't, if we don't stand up, silence is violence, you know. Absolutely ridiculous. And then you actually had, you know, like at halftime, you're going to break down the game before you get to the second half. Mm -hmm. Well, the second half is going to start. uh, And they'll announce themselves, uh, the two announcers. Um, They're going to go two minutes of silence while a game is being played. Okay, and they set up why. Check this out. Courtney Lyle, Carolyn Peck. Now, normally at this time, we would take a look back at the first half, but there are things bigger than basketball that need to be addressed at this time. Our friends, our family, our coworkers. You think it in Ukraine? Is that what you're getting at here? The players and coaches in our community are hurting right now. And what? at 3 o'clock, about eight minutes ago, our LGBTQIA plus teammates at Disney asked for our solidarity and support, including our company's support, in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida. And similar- Okay, at least they got it right. <laughs> they called it what it is. Similar legislature across the United States. And a threat to any... Human rights is a threat to all human oh, rights. And that just, just stop it. What human right are we talking about right now? Right. Just stop it. Whose rights are we talking about? I have no idea. Are they saying we need to t- protect the kindergartners? Are you kidding me? To shield from the parents. And we need to indoctrinate them. This is madness. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends, our families, and our colleagues. And sure enough, man, there's nothing. Just goes on. Silence. Unbelievable. Wait, I thought thought silence was violence, though. So is that two minutes of violence? Well, it's silence to protest violence. So all the other Does people count? all the other people in the arena, they're just going about their day. I didn't know there were that many homophobes who enjoyed college college basketball. <laughs> Crazy. Gosh dang. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the thing is, I mean Well, I guess you can go ahead and do that. It was a women's game. There's not many people watching anyway. I mean the management Yeah, I'm gonna say well, it. See that not yet. That's, have you seen the ratings? Well, yeah, I have. I don't listen. If you're interested, that's fine. But you've said it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Okay, it drives you crazy, Scott. Well, I mean, it's a force feeding of you're a horrible person unless you support this, unless you watch the women's tournament. Tournament, yes. That for some reason you're not a step. You know, I've said it before. I have nothing against women's sports. I don't, I don't enjoy women's basketball. I like women's softball a lot. You know. Mm-hmm. Women's golf. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch women's basketball. You're not going to make me feel guilty for not watching it. Sorry. And this stupid lying to the audience about what this is, my gosh. Well, I can't believe it as a programming matter. You would have somebody involved with programming saying, yeah, this is fine. Well, what are they going to do? Center, for somebody to stop them and go, no, you don't do that here. This is not why right. people are here. You do that on your time, but not on my time. Got it? You're on my time. <laughs> Sanity. Happiest country in the world. Do you see this? They do it every year. 
with the Happy People Survey Gallup poll? Sweden. Saying Sweden. Sweden. Top ten, but not number one. Hmm. Number one has been number one now for five years in a row. Was that Denmark? Denmark number two. Denmark had the running for a while. Switzerland. No, Switzerland is fourth. Hmm. Iceland is third. Iceland. Yeah, Netherlands fifth. Ah. You also have in the top ten Luxembourg, Norway, Israel, New Zealand. Number one, give? Yeah. Finland. Oh, the Finns. Yes. Um, least satisfied at the very, very bottom. Where did we have our big debacle last summer? Ah, Afghanistan? Unhappiest country in the world. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yep. yeah me too. That's I got not a, a mix-up over pronouns. Yeah. That's real mm-hmm. life. Like yep. First terrorist draft choice. <laughs> Some people want to build a COVID memorial in D.C. What? We'll get to that much more. Come on. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the number of people fleeing their homes since Russia invaded Ukraine is now 10 million. Yeah. I know early on after the first week or so you were talking about a million, then you're reaching two. It seems like it got to 10 million in a hurry. Yeah. Holy smokes. Oh, yeah. I saw, I don't know what all the percentages break out to right now, but one of the headlines I saw over the weekend is that 25% of the total population of Ukraine has been displaced. Man. They're saying, like in the Czech Republic, the officials there are scrambling, trying to spread out the refugees among several cities. You you only have so much room in different places. People are living in gyms and sleeping bags. You know, it's just an awful thing. And every once in a while, you'll see a piece that's talking about, hey, could they be getting closer to some sort of real peace talk? And the guess is, at least right now, that it's going to be partitioned, Ukraine. Yeah, but, I mean, hasn't Zelensky already said that's not an option? As of now? Yeah. 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 You look at the number of people who have been displaced in that country, whether they they have just moved somewhere else within the country or fled to a different nation altogether. That raw number seems to undermine the overall narrative that I'm sure Ukraine wants, and I don't blame them for this, but the narrative that somehow they're kind of sort of winning this thing. Right. Because you don't have that much of a mass movement of people if it looks like there are even even odds of success. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from what we were told early on. Yeah. Like what was going to happen to Kiev. Mm -hmm. Like within the first few days, it'll fall. They're still fighting. So that's a triumphant story to a lot of people. But then when you hear these numbers of 10 million, Mm -hmm. that obviously paints a different picture. Now, I mentioned that some people in the United States want to build a COVID memorial. Yeah, I heard this. What is this? Yeah, there's a San Francisco-based nonprofit that was started after uh, this woman lost her father to COVID in June 2020 called Marked by COVID. 
they want to have a federally recognized national holiday in memoriam of the people who died during the pandemic. And they also want a statue added to the National Mall. Hmm. What's your gut reaction, Scott? Well, my gut reaction is, is there any indication that this is over? Depends on who you talk to. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it is, but it's there's still cases and still variants. But is know. it much like the flu now? It seems like you build the memorials at the conclusion of something. Yeah. That's just my take. I, I don't know. I, mean, it's I don't have a problem with things. it. It's not going to cost me anything. But it's a nonprofit putting it together. You know, you don't want to disrespect anyone that's lost somebody. No, absolutely not. Um, but, I mean, different memorials for, you know, different diseases or whatever that takes out people. I mean, not my thing. But I, I don't want to disrespect someone that's hurting. Mm-hmm. I'll say hell no. That's okay, a terrible idea. Thanks. That's what we needed. <laughs> yeah. Strong takes. Now, I was trying to be nice, man. I know, me too. But David came right in. Thank you, Dave. That's good. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, um, inflation is a problem, no doubt about it. What? Here's a couple of things you can do. Well, first, eat less. Okay. Eat less? You just don't eat as much food. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a real solution, though. I'm just going by Bloomberg tips. Yeah. Oh, God, I saw that. Oh, my god. Yeah, Bloomberg published a helpful guide on how to beat inflation, especially those who make less than $300,000 a year, which is like most of America. Of course. Um, are these people? The op-ed was titled, Inflation Stings Most If You Earn Less Than $300,000. Here's how to deal, you peasants. Oh, okay, I added the you peasants part, but you get the idea. Uh, to deal with gas prices, it's worth reconsidering public transportation, if that's an option where you live. Fares are up about 8% compared with 38% for gasoline. Now may even be the time to sell your car. Right, just start selling your worldly possessions. Well, first of all, it's not an option. Right. Second, I'm not selling my car. Uh, and when it Sort of c- need it to get places. Yeah. When it comes to food, don't be, exfl- don't be afraid to explore. Though your palate may not be used to it, the author writes, tasty meat substitutes include vegetables or lentils and beans. (laughs) So just eat lentils, right? Plan to cut out the middle creature and consume plants directly. It's it's more efficient, healthier, and cheaper way to get calories. And don't buy in bulk. Hold on a second. I know some people that went vegan. It ain't cheap. No, it's not. So that's fake news right there. Okay. Uh, And probably the biggest one that was uh, the best tip, I think, is uh, just skip the vet bill. If you're one of the many Americans who became a new pet owner during the pandemic, you might want to rethink those costly pet medical needs. 
Just let the dog die. <laughs> You're worried well, about I'm not going to let the dog die. Sell your car, let your animals die. And eat lentils. And eat, and eat lentils, right. <laughs> it may sound harsh, the author notes, but researchers actually don't recommend pet chemotherapy, which can cost up to $10,000 a year for, or it can cost up $10,000 for ethical reasons. They don't recommend it. Yeah. I'm just wondering who is that actually for? Because how many people out there are like, man, I'm really struggling to make ends meet, but I'm going to get my dog chemo? It's very few. Sure, it happens. But I mean, when you're doing a broad sort of piece on how to save money mm-hmm. during inflation, I think you're reaching very few people and ticking off a lot. But right. the lack of self-awareness is incredible and fun for all of us. Don't don't buy dog food. Just serve your dog lentils and beans and beans. <laughs> Come here, boy. Have you considered letting well, the dog eat the cat? I was going to say, and wait till the dog dies, and then just eat the dog. China! <laughs> just helpful tips. Bloomberg has a lot of money coming in from China. Right. You just try to be helpful. Some True. sort of Greek alphabet virus involved in that, though. Sure. Yeah, you got to risk you it know, for the biscuit. The, pro- the problem with the vegan thing is the problem is this. And, and, and again, people, if you're vegan, I'm fine with that. But everyone knows that once you become vegan... You have to constantly tell people you are vegan. It's part of it. That's part of it. You got to tell at least ten people you don't know every day how vegan you really are until you bail on it, which is a matter of time. A lot of time. Yeah. Not every time. Not every time. And again, I got nothing against that, but I don't know why people feel inclined to always. You know, I'm vegan. I don't care. <laughs> Jeez. Give me your hot dog, then. I'll eat. It. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Okay. And, of course, as we already know this, with the Supreme Court nominee, who happens to be a black woman, if you criticize at all, ask questions even, Mm -hmm. you know what you are. I know. Racist and sexist. Yes. You have it down. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also, depending on how you question this nominee, you could be trying to get her killed? Is that the new one? Yeah, this is very interesting from the same political party that tried to tell you that Neil Gorsuch was a white supremacist Russian spy, right? Uh, that Brett Kavanaugh was a gang rapist, and that Amy Coney Barrett was racist because she adopted black kids and probably had a starring role in The Handmaid's Tale, but real life. <laughs> right. Anyway, the Senate's going to be deciding on Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Judge uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. And Senator Josh Hawley went after her record on sex offenders, specifically involving child pornography, where she was sentencing offenders lower than what the Justice Department guidelines spell out. Now, there's a lot of leeway in these guidelines and these suggestions for sentencing, and Mm -hmm. I think it's worth asking her about, certainly, but she is not out on an island, which I think is probably the bigger headline in that you got a lot of judges in our government who are not fully punishing sex offenders anyway. It's unreal. But according to MSNBC's Ellie Mistal, this is the guy, uh, okay. mad scientist, Fat Albert. Yeah. Yeah. Big white hair, sort of Don Kingish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, if you bring that up or if you bring up anything in her record in a negative light, that's basically attempted murder. 
Oh, here's the take. Here we go. I need the Democrats to get up there and defend her just as vociferously as Lindsey Graham defended alleged attempted rapist Brett Kavanaugh. Like, I need that level of energy from the Democrats, especially when they come at her with this with this trumped up um, uh, alleged issues about uh, her sentencing on uh, for, for sex offenders. Um, because what Josh Hawley is doing, let's be, let's be very clear. What Josh Hawley is doing okay. when he tries to do this um, is he's trying to get her killed. <laughs> he is trying to get violence done against a Supreme Court nominee. What a knucklehead. Does he identify as a mindless idiot? Because if so, it's dead on. <laughs> mm-hmm. He identifies as a smart person. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, it's, yeah, that's yeah. a crime. Yeah. That's his truth. That's an absolute crime. Wow. Okay, let's get to the Hunter Biden laptop story. Because all of a sudden, we saw this last week, failing New York Times admitted, hey, there's there's something here. There's really something going on with this laptop, which to a whole lot of people in America is not new news. They knew it 17 months ago when it was first reported by the New York Post and Miranda Levine. And she was on Tucker's show to talk about, okay, now that people have come around to this, that it's actually true and the reporting was true, because remember, Twitter booted the New York Post from its platform. Yeah. Think about that. It's absolutely crazy that that happened right before the election. And based on what? What, because you have, well, you had some officials that said, you know, this is classic Russian disinformation. Mm-hmm. And for any of those people with the FBI, with the CIA that signed that letter, what should happen to them? Oh, they should be investigated for election Absolutely. tampering. Absolutely, they should. They helped rig an election. That's what this entire thing was. Yes. Um, So as far as Miranda goes, this is her talking about, you know, how she feels now that, I guess, all of this is said and done. Well, it's kind of delicious to see them sort of squirming around trying to admit the obvious. But, you know, if you're a reader of the New York Post or a viewer of Fox News, you knew this 16 months ago. You didn't need the great New York Times to tell you that it was true and that they'd authenticated the emails. We already did that. And uh, we published uh, truth, the stories that were real, and have continued to do so without fear or favour. But unfortunately, the New York Times readers have been kept in the dark by their their newspaper, their organ of choice, and that was for deliberate reasons. It was because they wanted Donald Trump to lose the 2020 election. So all journalistic ethics and standards went out the window. And it doesn't matter how you try and dress it up now and pretend that you just found out, even if you didn't have the laptop, as you know, because you interviewed Tony Bobolinsky at the time, he was a, a patriot, a hero, who stood up uh, against his own interests to tell the world the truth about Joe Biden and about his influence peddling, the way he abused used his power to make money from foreign countries uh, at, at the expense of America's national interest. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And where is that investigation right now? Think about our relationship with China. I mean, I'm stating the obvious here. Does it ever dawn on anybody that Joe may be compromised in some of his dealings? with 
well, China, Ukraine, because of Hunter Biden, Russia. Remember Hunter Biden talking about, man, they have the goods on me. Right. The Russians have the goods on me. And he was scared. He was confessing it to a hooker on the laptop. Mm -hmm. No one seems interested. No. That's crazy, isn't it? That's the sitting president. These are the same people said, yeah, I think there's something in the P-tape with Donald Trump. I think that P-tape's real. And they would come back to it. It's astounding. All right, we got an update on the license plate that says, let's go, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Uh, This guy in Alabama fought the state and won and gets to keep his let's go, Brandon, license plate now. Nathan Kirk is his name. He's a gun shop owner. Um, Last October, he was registering his truck, an F-250. Fine machine. Um, he decided to go for the vanity plate, and he chose LGB, let's go Brandon, and then FJB. Okay. <laughs> so he gets his plate in January. Then he gets a letter from the state a few weeks later saying he had to surrender it because it was, quote, an affront to the peace and dignity of the state of Alabama. So he goes to Newsmax and a couple of other conservative outlets, and he's like, hey, well, hold on a second. I'm going to let everybody know right here and right now, if they want it, they're going to have to come and take it. All right? I am keeping my LGB FJP license plate. All right? Well, then on Saturday, this has a happy ending. He got a second letter from the state, and this time it was good news. Uh, the Alabama Department of Revenue Motor Vehicles Division has determined the above-referenced license plate will not be recalled. We apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. Oh, let's go. All right. Let's go. Yeah. That's hilarious. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. That just reminds me of Kid Rock. We'll get to that later. I think he's being interviewed by Tucker tonight and said he can't be canceled because he doesn't give a bleep. Right. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later. Awesome. Um, Fauci says he's not retiring. We all predicted he would retire by the Darn. end of the year. Do we have money on that? Better check that out. A news update straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Bad news. Fauci says he's not retiring. Gosh dang it. No, I think it's great news. Why is that? (laughs) Because I don't want him to just retire and go away after everything he's lied about. I'm afraid that he still has influence. Well, there was a report late last week that Anthony Fauci, science's only begotten son, was going to retire sometime soon, but he doesn't sound like he's ready to do that. And he was asked about it by George Stephanopoulos on ABC. You know, you've said you're going to stay in this job until we get out of the pandemic phase. Of course, you've been serving your country now for decades. Are we approaching the point (laughs) where we are past the pandemic phase and you'll uh, go get some rest? (laughs) I'm not so sure, George. I want to make sure we're really out of this before I really seriously consider doing anything different. We're still in this. We have a way to go. I think we're clearly going in the right direction. I hope we stay that way. Okay. David, I'm convinced, and I think you've admitted, you bring that audio in 
to trigger Scott or me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I do. Of course I do. Okay. Who wants to? Well, you know, I'll satisfy. I mean, I Van Camp's thirst for anger. I happen to watch this live, and uh, I have to be honest with you. When he comes on, when he comes on, when I hear that voice, I can't get to the remote quick enough. So I had no idea what he said. Mm -hmm. I just heard him start yapping, and I heard Stephanopoulos fluffing. Yeah, like he always does. Yes, with Fauci. Okay, and so I, I can't take him anymore. I can't stand him anymore. And he's not a he's not an effective communicator anymore. the The message is been lost a million times over. No one trusts him. Well, the, I shouldn't say no one. the The mask people still do. Yeah, I. There are people that still will watch, oh, yeah. whether it's CNN, whatever. That I mean, his words hold a lot of weight uh, because they never heard any different. No. And that's unfortunate. I am hoping, David, that your dream comes true and they have a real jury-like trial where they put that guy on the stand and everyone finds out exactly what he knew, when he knew it, because we already know it from the emails. And what he paid for. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. And if you go back, and you already knew this, David, the LGBTQ2+, uh, community, not a big fan of his. No, there are uh, mixed reviews putting it charitably, because at the beginning of the HIV/AIDS crisis, he was basically standing in the way of some potentially beneficial treatments for people suffering from that disease. And why did he do that? Because he wanted to be the guy. Yeah, it, it was all about himself. Yes, which played out again. And people just let it happen. Again, I have no idea why he is still in that position. When they know from the polling and the studies, people don't trust him. It just doesn't make any sense. But I guess under Biden, no one gets fired. Has anyone been fired for anything yet? No, uh, no. There was one person who got fired because I think he was mean to some staff members. Oh, God. that was it. You know, getting people killed in Afghanistan doesn't matter. Man, oh, man. Did you guys see this story out of Pittsburgh about autocorrect? This was crazy. Someone at work downtown sent somebody else a text that said firearm. It was an autocorrect. Oh, jeez. They had meant to say fire alarm. Like, yeah, hey, we got a fire alarm going on. Well, the person that got the text was concerned, called 911. Police rushed to the scene, believing there could be an active shooter. Evacuated the building, blocked off portions of several streets. Put nearby schools and apartments Whoa. on lockdown. Everybody freaking out. And police searching the area for two hours eventually turned out to be a misunderstanding. Because of autocorrect. Wow. Golly. Yeah, because that's weird because that story got out there and Beto O'Rourke said, damn right I'm going to take your fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even tell you I was going to mention that story. You've been sitting on that joke. That was pretty good. Sorry. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. I'm proud of you for that one, Scott. <laughs> that was well, a good actually, one. Um, there is a report from it from police. The person texted or was meant to say fire alarm, but I guess it came out as firearm. Then they didn't respond to their phone, and then so the person that got the text called police because they thought maybe there was immediate yeah. danger, but there wasn't. Yeah. About to have lunch and just started seeing a lot of policemen in full uniform with machine guns. Three cops go in, guns drawn, they're carrying the mail, and they're like, did you guys see anything? We're like, no, and they're like, get out of here now. Yeah. Whoa. Man. 
Autocorrect. It's gotten some people in trouble before. That's not what I meant. I swear. <laughs> it's really not. Okay. Something else got to get to. Um, man, the whole Leah Thomas episode. Audio you haven't heard yet, you got to hear next. Joe, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so suspending the federal gas tax. Talked about it. You've got some liberal governors saying, no, let's do it. Well, it just it seems like such a no-brainer, right? You've got 18.3 cents per gallon tax going on at the federal level. Uh, that would make a big difference at the pump. Seems like you could do it. Now, at-risk Democratic senators have... Uh, have decided to sign on to this proposal, but the progressive left won't do it because Russell feels bad. Everybody needs to just get an electric car. <laughs> Which that is, doesn't do anybody it, any good right now. It, well, and also, what do you think is powering your charging station? I mean, it's just using fossil fuels with extra steps. True. That's all it is. Mm. But no one ever brings that up. No, no. they don't. But anyway, uh, six Democratic governors are now calling on congressional lawmakers to also sp- uh, suspend the federal gas tax. Uh, five of them are up for re-election this November. All six of them, this is uh, Jared Polis of Colorado, Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, Michelle Lujan Grisham of New Mexico, Tim Waltz of Minnesota, Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania, Tony Evers of Wisconsin. All these Democrats are saying, hey, at a time when people are directly impacted by the rising prices on everyday goods, a federal gas tax holiday is, say it with me, a tool in the toolbox oh, to, yeah. to reduce costs for Americans, and we urge you to give every consideration to this proposed legislation. They sent that to House and Senate leadership, and of course, this is not uh, going to happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. There doesn't seem to be the will in the Democratic Party. Maybe they'll try to see where gas prices are closer to November and then try to take credit for it later. Everything is a political game to these people. Meanwhile, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan and Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, both Republicans, did sign legislation on Friday to suspend the state-level gas tax. Makes sense. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how many of these policies change as we get closer to November. It's pretty wild. Well, one policy you know is upside down with most people in America is the trans issue when it comes to sports, and it was of course, highlighted over the last week with the University of Pennsylvania swimmer, formerly known as Will Thomas, now Leah Thomas. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this British feminist by the name of Kelly J. Keene. Um, she's the founder of an organization called Standing for Women. Mm-hmm. You go to the website, it says this campaign is to focus specifically on the word woman and other female language that clearly defines women and our rights. The purpose of this campaign is to raise funds for promoting the fight back to this global assault of women. And so she is at the NCAA championships where Leah Thomas was swimming. And 
one video that was making the rounds is she's watching Thomas compete, and she is saying uh, that is not a woman. I'm a woman. That's not a woman. That's a man. And you've got this male spectator that starts responding to her and wants to ask, but, you know, are you a biologist? And you can hear, I'll just pick it up because this audio is not easy to tell. i got two different pieces to play. Okay. This one's a little tougher to make out, but if you can't hear it, I'll, I'll let you know what's being said. She is saying, I'm a woman, and that is not a woman. Okay, and then you'll hear sort of the response. No, I'm a woman. That is not a woman. catch that no i missed that he says are you a biologist and she responds well no i'm not a vet but i know what a dog is (laughs) (laughs) that's a good line (laughs) she said you rely on stupid arguments because you don't have an argument so that was making the rounds and then there was another video because you have a trans woman uh that apparently has lived nearly they say 50 years as a man and identifies as a mom, but it's a dude. Okay. And so Kelly J. Keene, the leader of the feminist organization is saying, Hey, I, you know, I'm asking you, I'm telling you, please stay out of the bathroom, you know, sort of as a matter of respect, uh, for space because it makes people uncomfortable. And what you'll hear then is the, trans persons say well everyone i'm with is comfortable with it and you'll i think you'll be able to make out the back and forth of this and how it goes i'm asking you telling you please do not use women's faces my it girls, makes them feel uncomfortable my girls and the other women i am with are very comfortable with me in right. the bathroom well fortunately i'm not your daughter and my daughter is also not your daughter oh, that's right and she so would she feel uh, uh, she would feel no, I, right. no, you interrupted me. Excuse me. You interrupted me. Right. I would like to. I would ask you to please call off your dog. Okay. Did you catch that? So, uh, the trans person says to the woman, "I'm not here for debate," and then turns to a dude and says, "I would ask you to call off your dog." Talking about Jeez. the woman. That's when it gets really elevated. Oh boy. Yes. I beg your pardon. I'm asking you as a mother, do not use female spaces. And I'm it very makes, uncomfortable. It makes women and girls feel very uncomfortable. You are not a mother. I am very uncomfortable. You will never birth your children. You are not a mother, Don. I don't know exactly who the other person is, but another woman then comes in and says, you never birth your children. You're not a mother. Here we go. This is insanity. Can I can I ask a question here? And I, I haven't heard anybody else ask this before, but <clears throat> it's about Leah Thomas. Okay. Where are ha, have have you seen any interviews or anything with her parents? I have not. I'm just con- I'm a little confused by that. Like do the parents, are, are they just staying out of the whole thing? And then why? I mean, if you're standing by, 
your son, who is now your daughter, it just kind of it's just kind of surprising that they haven't been out there doing the interviews. Well, yeah, that n- no siblings, n- no brothers or sisters of Leah, yeah, no parents well, of Leah, no grandparents of Leah, no aunts, uncles. What? I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I think a decent guess would be that if they were very supportive, mm-hmm. we would have heard from them a long time ago. You would have thought so, yeah. Yeah. And because that would have been part of the NBC package. That's actually a really good question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, and I'm not saying that they're, like, just ashamed of, of anything. I mean, it could be that they're just trying to stay out of the spotlight. It's like, okay, we want to be supportive of our kid, but we're not going to try to take the spotlight away. I don't know. It just seems to me like if your kid is in the middle of this controversy, no matter how old he or she is, you'd want to say something in his or her defense. And again, I'm not saying we know, but just to play that conversation out, Mm -hmm. if you're not supportive and then you're asked for an interview, do you do the interview? You know, that's a good question. If you don't, you want, probably don't. If you don't want to cause a rift in the family, obviously this is a pretty big thing that's happened in your family. Your son is saying that he's your daughter now. Yes, may just be one of those try to keep the peace things. I don't know. So if you're well, if you're not supportive, you don't want to go out in public and say you're not supportive, right? Right. Because right. then there's really the rift. And I would have to think if you were supportive then you would probably do the interview. Or maybe they just want to be left alone. Could be. It could be. You just don't know. But that is. No one's brought that up. I haven't heard that. Good question. Um, David, you had new details on the David Ortiz shooting? Dude, it was... Vaguely remember this. It was so weird because we, we just brought that up, like, last week. Like, hey, whatever happened with this? Because David Ortiz was shot in the Dominican... Just yes. at the 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 video of it is wild. I mean, a guy just walks up to the table and starts shooting. And yes. the official word was it was a case of mistaken identity. That's what law enforcement said. Well, apparently he's hired some private investigators to go and look into this. And here we are, like, three years after the fact. No, he was the target. I was going to say, who bought that story? Right. Walked right to him. It's Big Poppy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it was a drug trafficker, Cesar uh, Peralta who orchestrated the shooting by placing a bounty on him and sanctioning the hit squad that tried to kill him. Uh, Again, this is a private investigation that was going on. Uh, Now, Peralta is being held without bail in Puerto Rico on unrelated charges of conspiracy to import cocaine and heroin. He's a drug kingpin. So he has not been charged in relation to David Ortiz's shooting. Uh, but Ortiz told the Boston Globe he knew Peralta only casually and that he was, quote, sad, confused, angry, all kinds of emotions. Wow. Well, why do you want Poppy dead? Apparently jealousy played a role, and the word was that he was <clears throat> maybe involved in one of the ladies in the drug kingpin's life. Yeah, oh, jeez. What's a disqualifier there? My ex-boyfriend's a drug kingpin. I'm out. <laughs> you know, he's nope. probably thinking, I'm Big Poppy. What's he going to do? I don't care who you are. I don't need <laughs> drug kingpin. <laughs> I'm done. Lady, I'm out. You run. Oh, yeah. That's the rule. I don't care who you are. Sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm flipping past it, going to the next one. Wow. Man, oh, man. Gosh, dang. Uh, 
Did you guys hear about what some high schools are doing in Colorado? Doing away with the old valedictorians. You know, all students can learn at high levels. Learning's not a competition. We don't want hurt feelings. Do we really need the valedictorian? Why celebrate accomplishments as we're barreling towards communism? Golly, well, now man. they tell me GPA doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> News update straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Is Kamala Harris going back to Europe? Talk to NATO? Not today. <laughs> no, she's done enough. Now we're stepping up the game. True international under pressure. Biden's go. going. Yeah, we've got the A team going in now. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Gonna fly to Warsaw on Friday following his trip to Brussels. Scheduled to meet with NATO allies, G7 leaders, and European Union leaders to discuss humanitarian efforts in Ukraine and economic sanctions on Russia. It is okay. honestly kind of weird that you've got his Supreme Court nominee starting with the hearings this week, and he's leaving the country. It's almost like they don't want him to be asked about it or to talk about it stateside, because we know what happened last And, time. of course, we see another first in the nomination of... Katenji, well, you saw her. I guess you saw Justice Brown. There you go. <laughs> I would love it if there were a group of liberals that all stood up and said, Say her name! Say her, <laughs> her name! Katanji, you, you, you saw her? Yeah, you saw her. You know, you know the name? Katanji, you saw her. Yes. It's <laughs> an unusual name. I think it's Norwegian. Of course. <laughs> And it, if you criticize her, it's something 2.0. It's racist. It's what it is. And that's what Dick Durbin said, too. Oh, oh yeah. Because as the hearings are gearing up starting today, uh, Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican, went after her record on sex offenders involving child pornography in particular, where she sentenced offenders lower than the Justice Department guidelines. And Dick Durbin is very mad that Josh Hawley would bring this up. Because it's just you can't you can't just tar and feather a Supreme Court nominee. Here's the bottom line: he's wrong. He's inaccurate and unfair in his analysis. Judge Jackson has been scrutinized more than any person I can think of. This is her fourth time. Then you can't think. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't have to go back very far here. Nope. Not at all. Before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and three previous times, uh, she came through with flying uh-huh. colors and bipartisan support. The last time, as soon as just last year, and now uh, Senator Hawley is making these charges that came out of nowhere. Because no one else had looked it up, dude. Now you can say, is it that out of bounds with these other judges, as David brought up? Yeah. Geez. Well, maybe you can say not so much, but that brings up another issue. Right. That She's not out at, uh, out on an island when it comes to uh, not imposing the strictest possible punishments for sex offenders. Right. The other question is, why aren't we punishing these people more? Right. 
a lot of light sentences there. The independent fact checkers like the Washington Post and CNN have discredited oh, oh, okay. his claim. That's all I needed to know, yes. Dick. Yes, independent fact checkers like CNN. And the Washington Post. Come on, you well, did that with a straight face, yeah. man. Come on. Yeah, the same yeah. people who were like, Brett Kavanaugh is a gang rapist. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Trump works for the Kremlin. Ah, they should have. There's no truth to what he says. No, that's he's not part of a fringe uh, within the Republican Party. This was the man who was fist bumping the murderous mob that descended oh, on gosh. the Capitol on January 6th of last year. Murderous. Uh, he doesn't have the credibility he thinks he does. Uh, who did they murder again? Murderous mob. Who, though? You just say nobody, it. Nobody got murdered. No. And no one checks that. Nobody. Just well, no. These are independent fact checkers <laughs> that are working. To cite CNN as some beacon of fairness. It, yeah. Okay. Should have been an electric volt that went through his seat when he said that. Man, oh, man. You know, the LGBTQ plus. Okay, whatever it is now. Wait, what's the I for, by the way? Uh, intersex, I think. Okay. Then there's also 2S, which is two-spirit. What's that mean? severely mentally ill people. Two-spirit? I think that's like one day you're a girl and one day you're a boy. Okay. I don't know that one. That was a new one on me. Well, uh, that marginalized group has a lot of power, yeah. you may have noticed. Sure do. Um, apparently, they got Disney to change their mind about a movie and a scene in a movie. Yeah, I heard about this. You did? Yep. About Lightyear? Yeah. The upcoming Buzz Lightyear origin yep. movie? Yep. Okay, so they had taken out the same gender kiss that was in the movie. But then because of the parents' rights legislation in Florida and all the pressure, now the kiss between the two female characters is back in the movie because of the pressure. Okay. Unbelievable. How, <laughs> man? China and the LGBTQ. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. That dinner was delicious. What's next? Uh, I'm thinking just the check. Do you frequently have gas, bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, or loose oily stools after eating? One or more of these symptoms could be a sign of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. And it may be time to talk to your doctor. If you have EPI, Creon may be right for you. Creon, pancrelipase, is an oral prescription medication that treats EPI. Creon replaces enzymes you may be missing to help you break down food properly. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosis and colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Do not chew capsules or contents as this may cause mouth irritation. Tell your doctor if you have unusual or severe stomach pain, bloating, trouble passing stool, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, worsening of painful swollen joints, or allergic reactions. Other side effects may include changes in blood sugars, gas, dizziness, or sore throat and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Talk to your doctor about Creon, the number one prescribed EPI treatment, and visit gocreon.com. That's G-O-C-R-E-O-N.com. Or call 1-800-633-9110. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robin. Thank you so much for being here. David Van Camp has blessed us with some audio that we have not heard. So Kamala Harris is doing an event, I believe it's in uh, Louisiana, uh, talking about high-speed Internet and access to high-speed Internet for people in areas that don't really get it yet. And, you know, the hallmark of a good speaker, a good leader, a good teacher is being able to take very broad concepts and whittling them down to the point where the average person can hear it (laughs) and think, you know, that makes sense. Thank you so much. Great teachers throughout all of human history have been able to do that. Yes. And here, and I'll just tell you this, Kamala is not one of those people, okay? Okay. Do I just roll it now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The governor and I, and we were all... Um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Yes. Whoa! Man! It's that dumb! <laughs> all, I, all, all I can hear in my head the entire time I'm listening to that clip is... I heard time passages I from Al Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> it's just your time, time passages. <laughs> That's all I can think of, Jeff. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, the uh, vice president of the United States is channeling Al Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> <I'd like> to... <laughs> Whenever she... <laughs> Holy mackerel. That is so bad. That is so my, bad. My favorite part, and this is one of those things you have to see the video, but it, it, it is always a joy. Whenever she says something like this, and she thinks she's like this great orator and all this. <laughs> yes. And then there's this, like, huff at the very end and a little smile. Like, she just... Stuck the landing, man. Oh my gosh, is that great? Because she wants to be this. Oh yeah, person in historic context that says these incredible, you know, sort of statements that stand the test of time passages or whatever the heck, and it's one after another. How many times did she say time passage there? It was either three or four. Three or four. In like 30 seconds? Whoa. I'd say the over or under is three and a half. You want the over or the under? Uh, I'll take the under. I'll take the over. Okay, all right. Five bucks? N- okay, fine. Let's go. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here. Yeah. And um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. One. One. Right? The significance of the passage of time. Two. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time Three. in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do Bring to create these Come jobs. On, and on. there is such great significance to the passage of time yes! when we think about a day in yes! the life of our children. Four times. Yes. Son of a gun. <laughs> the over. This is the winner. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> I lose again.
You know what she just did? <laughs> Made the possible happen. We have the ability to see what can be. Yeah. Unburdened by what has been. Yes. yes. And then to make the possible actually happen. And okay. she did it. Oh, my gosh. What is that? Do you know how often she does it? No. Every day? <laughs> Every day she does it? Yes. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Yes. Every day it is time for us to agree <laughs> that there are things and tools that are available to us uh-huh. to slow this thing down. Incredible. Man. Love that stuff. Man. Is she just high on mushrooms all the time or something? <laughs> that I do not know. I just think this is natural. Again, it's getting back to your point, I, I believe that to be true, too. In her mind, it's a grandiose, profound statement yes. that will live in history books forever. That's what she wants. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And she's searching for just the right words. Yes. Of all the great orators of American history, yes. So she says just jumbled up garbage over and repeats it. Well... You've often talked about McGurk and being like political speak of yeah. words together yeah. that I guess sound like they sort of make sense, but you look back and you're like, that didn't make any sense. Maybe I should change she it to is the Tom queen. Gherkin. Is there more of a queen of McGurkin than Kamala? No. She has the crown, right? Hall of Famer. Are you kidding me? First yeah. ballot. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that, David. Gosh, On Monday, that, that was needed. Standing, yes. Whew. Glad we sent her. Well, it, listen, for fans of Barack Obama, you hear Kamala, you see Joe out there, you're nervous. I guess you could rest in the fact that a lot of people do believe Obama is sort of running things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with that theory would be Richard Grinnell. Yeah. Who never got his due, really, David. No, is the first openly gay cabinet level member of the White House team. Never really Picked got by that. Donald Trump. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he did an interview on Dave Rubin's podcast mm-hmm. uh, and was talking about a lot of the people behind the scenes from the Obama years who are kind of calling the shots a little bit. And it does make more sense because, you know, hey, if you're going to have this grand experiment in socialism, then, you know, Obama's got a legacy to protect. He doesn't if it fails, he doesn't want his name attached to it. But this is where he really wanted to go with the country. Oh, yeah. You know, there's this philosophy, and I think I agree with it, that uh, Barack Obama couldn't be the far left progressive that he really wanted to be. Because as a black man, he was in, he was very nervous about being, um, you know, somebody who was in the middle and being accepted by all the, the polite sides. And I find that to be a phony, um, uh, you know, kind of analysis. But nevertheless, he, he wasn't as progressive as people uh, said that he was going to be. But now unleashed in this Obama third term with a puppet like Biden. And just real quick, think about that. Because was it two-thirds of the way through that first term or three-fourths? There were a lot of people on the left that felt like he did not do what he said he was going to do. That he wasn't progressive enough. There is something to that. I think the reality is, is that Susan Rice and Ron Klein and Everybody from the Obama administration is back into this Biden team that the Obama third term is unleashed and they really are just using Joe Biden as a puppet 
and as an empty suit to kind of let go and, and really try all these hard left progressive ideas. Since it's imploding, I think uh, they now have a good scapegoat where they can say, you know, oh, Joe messed it up and, and maybe they'll try to adjust. Yeah, that does sort of make sense. It could be. I, I've heard another theory floated out there is that that's why Joe Biden goes back to Delaware so often. Because if somebody, whether it's Barack Obama, somebody sent over there from that camp or whatever, if they were to show up at the White House, there would be official visitors' logs. Whereas if it's at his private residence, it's not. It's just Joe's on vacation or whatever. That's fascinating. That is fascinating. I hadn't thought about that, but you're yeah. right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We'll watch. We'll see. <laughs> so if Kamala's in charge, it'll be Obama making the calls, but she's got to get the message out there. And it'll be the repetitive nonsense that we've heard so far. Holy smokes. All the Famer, man. That's a good one. Keep that in the archive. Yeah. Um, saw this piece at The Federalist from Joy Pullman talking about the failing New York Times saying it doesn't care if you know that big tech helped rig Joe Biden's election. Because now that it's come out, failing New York Times saying, yeah, that Hunter Biden laptop, yeah, there's meat on that bone. <clears throat> it's, it's real. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a lot of people knew this 17 months ago. The New York Post had reported on it. They got booted off of Twitter. All of media was sort of in concert together to bury that story. They all talked about Russian disinformation. Um, our security agencies were in on that. And in this piece, well, she's talking about October 2020. Twitter and Facebook immediately responded to the post-publication um, and would punish people if they tried to get that story out there. And then it goes into the major national security implications because the laptop provided evidence Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's pay-for-play schemes. And that was all part of Tony Bobolinsky at the time, who went on Tucker Carlson's show and sort of dotted the I's and crossed the T's of how that worked. And Biden was known as the big guy. And you look at it right now, where the Biden administration has to deal with Russia, Ukraine, China. I mean, that's where you're talking Hunter Biden lived as far as these deals. And different people had information on Hunter Biden. It was not hard to get. How many laptops did the guy lose? Was it three? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had a hard time hanging onto his laptop. It's crazy. Um, and it talks about in this piece from Joy Pullman that Russia also had blackmail material on him according to videos from his laptop, because he knew about it. Remember when he had that, that piece of audio and we played it? He's talking to a hooker? Yeah, they know. They have stuff. It was crazy. So it's really interesting now that all of this is sort of out there, yet you do have legacy media still ignoring it. So what's the play from your news background, David? Is that the New York Times trying to say, hey, we really are journalists? And this is all going to come out, so at some point we've got to get ahead of this? Yeah, I think so. I, I I think there is some CYA happening right now. I don't think it's out of any sense of duty to the profession, but I, I, I do think that they know more is on the way, more is going to come out. There is a federal investigation into Hunter Biden, uh, and maybe there will be indictments handed down, maybe not directly towards the president's son. I don't know. 
but it is especially, and I remember losing my mind about it at the time, but you have a guy in Tony Bobulinski who is a primary source going on the record at the most watched cable news program in America, and no one could be bothered to reference the story outside of the context of saying this was Russian disinformation. Tony Bobulinski, his character was vouched for by a Democrat named Ro Khanna. He's a representative. Yes. Said, well, look, I don't know anything about this particular situation with Hunter Biden, but I've had dealings with him and with Bobulinski in the past. And, yep. and, and that's it. I mean, you spend years, if you're mainstream media, you're spending years running down non-existent P-tapes, but you got a primary on-the-record source speaking... And no one could be bothered with it. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah, Kid Rock. Apparently he's going to be on with Tucker Carlson tonight, talking about one of the reasons why he says he can't be canceled. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a bleep and much more. We'll get to that in a news update straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robin. Uh-huh. Okay. David Van Camp, where do you want to start first? Uh, okay, so uh, Joe Biden, Supreme Court nominee. Her hearings have begun. Uh, a lot of opening statements today, and they'll be going on throughout the week. Uh, her name is, she is Judge uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson. Uh, and Cory Booker, Bad Dinner Theater, Senator of New Jersey. Yeah. I couldn't tell if he's supposed to be part of the vetting process or if he was about to ask her out on a date. Oh, goodness. This dude, oh. Now, should we give the history of Booker first? Why he's one oh. of our favorites? Oh, sure. Because, I mean, he's the overactor, right? Oh, yes. He's bad dinner theater all the time. Very much so. Uh, has been for a long time. Um, I think it really caught her attention when Trump talked about bleep hole countries yeah. and he he lost his mind yeah. <laughs> because he didn't he have tears of rage he had over that tears one? of rage that's right yeah tears of rage yeah yes it wasn't your garden variety either right it was and then, tears of rage of course and all of that and then he would try to speak Spanish. Anytime there was a Hispanic uh, crowd because it'd be pandering. Yes, that dude. Yeah, that guy. All right. Okay. So here he, here he is today as part of the vetting process of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, Supreme Court nominee from Joe Biden. Judge, your honor, it's very good to see you. Forgive me when you were in my office. Uh, you were focused on the hearings and a lot of the substance and had such great questions. I could not stop being just joyous that you were sitting in my office, and I couldn't stop bringing up to you the historical nature of this. Forgive me, I grew up in a small black church where I was taught uh, to make a joyous noise unto the Lord. And this is not a normal day for America. We have never had this moment before. And I just want to talk about uh, the joy. I know tomorrow and the coming hearings, we're going to have tough, hard questions. But please, let me just acknowledge the fact that this is not normal. It's never happened before. The Senate is poised right now to break another bat barrier. We are on the precipice of shattering another ceiling. Well, 
That ceiling would have been shattered a long time ago, but Joe Biden and other Democratic senators blocked what would have been the first African-American female judge on the Supreme Court. Well, yeah, but that was different, see, at that time. That was different. Gary Booker. Everything is so over the top with that guy. It is. There's no doubt. I would like to break into song now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was the great Stevie Wonder who sang, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. (laughs) If we have the time, man, can we hear the whole, the bleep whole countries thing when he lost it on that? Was this that part? Mr. Vice President, you can't have it both ways. You invoke uh, President Obama more than anybody in this campaign. You can't do it when it's convenient and then dodge it when it's not. Oh, that was when he went after Biden. Biden, yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah, we got a whole library of that stuff we'll have to get into. I mentioned real quick that Kid Rock was going to be on Tucker Carlson tonight. I mentioned that because I think it'll probably be fun because they put out a little preview and this is what it sounded like. Why haven't you been canceled? Like, people aren't allowed to say what they think. You are. I am uncancelable. Why's that? Because I don't give a <laughs> And I'm not in bed with any big corporate things at the end of the day. There's nobody I'm beholden to, no record companies, no corporate interests, no nothing. And you can't cancel me. I, I love it when they try. <laughs> that should be fun. I think the new album hits today, too. Oh, cool. For Kid Rock. Yeah, looking forward to checking that out tonight. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Also, well, we got your trifecta coming up, Scott. Yeah. Your top three stories yeah. of the day. Uh, looking forward to getting to that. And again, I think before the end of the show, we have to give its proper due. One time through with Kamala Harrison, what she said today. And again, she was talking about high-speed Internet. Yeah. David? I guess. And then the significance of time as it pertains to high-speed Internet or something. Yes. She mentioned the significance of the passage of time four times in less than 30 seconds. Which is really a record, yeah. Yeah, Yes, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it is really something, man. Wow. Tour of the library here. And um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. Yeah. The Robin's Trifecta next right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Now, before we get to the Scott Robbins trifecta, his yep. top three stories of the day, David, a lot of moving parts, yeah. at least right now, trying to make sense of all of it. First of all, uh, Kamala Harris spoke today, and this is about high-speed Internet. That That was the purpose of her visit, yes. But somehow, when she was talking about it, the passage of time being significant yeah. was uttered four times in 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, what rep- did it, repetition what did it is mean? key. Yeah. Okay. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. Yeah. Right? The significance of the passage of time. Right. Yeah. 
So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. <sighs> okay. Just. Maybe you got to be a little bit deeper when it comes to uh, psychology, maybe, to understand what we're talking about. Maybe you need to get into certain headspace to really get what she's saying. It's like Pink Floyd, maybe. (laughs) You know, there's a website that will take popular songs and then uh, ask people... What the, what the song is about, or the yeah. intent of the song. Yeah. Because sometimes there is no intent, and that doesn't mean anything, right? Oh, yeah. But people will sit there and fine-tooth comb it. It could be. I'm sure this is when they met an alien in Utah, and the alien <laughs> took him to Starbucks. And when they went to Starbucks, you know, it's like, what, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so trying to figure that out. And then we heard from Cory Booker, who yeah. is talking about uh, the Supreme Court nominee. Yeah. Uh, who is held in very high regard, yes. especially with the left. Um, I think Joe maybe forgot her name at some point, but mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. Well, and also Senator Maisie Hirono, Democrat from Hawaii, says it's unfair to point out that Biden made his Supreme Court nomination based on race and gender, something he actually did explicitly. Um, but this is Maisie Hirono today at Judge uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson's first day of Senate hearings talking okay. about how bad it is to point out that she was hired because she's a black woman. Wow. Maisie has broken some glass ceilings herself <laughs> with her intellect. Here we go. Though my Republican colleagues and public figures have attempted to undermine your qualifications through their pejorative use of the term affordable, aff- affirmative action. Uh. And they have implied you were solely nominated due to your race and not for other factors. This is incredibly offensive and condescending. Joe made the rule. Yeah. Yeah. If you were a dude, need not apply. No. If you were white, need not apply. I think any other race, right? Indian, Hispanic, I mean, anything. Need not apply. Yeah, it was a black woman. That was that was the overriding qualification in Joe Biden's uh, in his mind. And Maisie is highly offended by that. Apparently, <laughs> I guess, man. Huh? And not for other factors. This is incredibly offensive. Yeah, Joe. And condescending. Yeah, Joe. Let me be clear. Your nomination is about not about filling a quota. It is about time. It's about time that we have a highly qualified, highly accomplished black woman on the Supreme Court. You said we did before? It's about time our highest court better reflects the country it serves. Oh. Joe set up the quota. Well, and <laughs> he said it. And then she out sa- loud. That was the <laughs> quota. And, and, then, and then she said the quota was a good thing. Yeah. He's like, it's very offensive, but it's about time we did this. Gosh darn right it is. <laughs> very well, confused. honestly, she said it's almost like we didn't have one before that was qualified. Seriously. It's about time that we have a highly qualified, highly accomplished 
black woman on the Supreme Court. Were you saying we didn't before? Why? Because there wasn't one? Is that what you're no. saying? I don't understand. Joe and his cronies didn't want one. Wow, man. Yeah, this is something amazy. Golly. And your trifecta hasn't even started yet. I know, but it's just frustrating because Biden set the table on this. Yes, he did. Yes. I mean, he's the one who said it. Yes. Golly. But passing the blame right, of being exactly. right, yeah, to somebody else. All right, yeah. you ready for your big three? Sure. All right, let's do this. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, his top three stories of the day, this time every day, helped by his top 40 and white hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Okay, I think he's ready. Yes. Okay. Three. Uh, number three, we welcomed spring over the weekend, Scott. Yeah, we certainly did. First day of spring. My gosh, man, wasn't that great? Now, here's the thing. I want to say congratulations to each and every one of you. Because it was the President of the United States who, in December of 20, 2021, warned of a winter of severe illness and death, if you recall. Yes. And Fauci agreed with him. Yes, they talked about I it. I mean, we as a planetary creature were on the precipice of being wiped out. <laughs> By the unless of course we got vaccinated, <laughs> and as it turns out, that didn't happen, Jamie. No, it did not. And I just wanted you—I was not going to boast about this or even talk about it until we officially turned the calendar to the first day of spring. Now I can say that the winter of severe illness and death did not transpire. Another thing, Sleepy and Fauci got wrong. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. The streak continues. Yes. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> Two. Uh, Liz Remember I scared the hell out of everybody? Remember that? Yes, yeah, I okay. do. All right, Libs of TikTok. This is a uh, Twitter account that yeah, combs is. the uh, Chinese government's uh, psyop of TikTok and finds the craziest liberals on there. Uh, they dug up a wild take about Leah Thomas and trans swimmers in the locker room in general, I think. Well, there's some, there's some females who... Don't want to undress in front of a male, and they don't want to see what the male's packing either. Okay. Yes, that they're is not true. comfortable with that. Imagine yes. that. Well, libs of TikTok said, "You know what you are. You, my friends, are transphobic." Every day, it seems like Leah Thomas's fellow athletes get more and more transphobic. Now they're saying they're uncomfortable sharing a changing room with her. You know, it's one thing to say that it has something to do with her speed, like that's transphobic too. But I can kind of understand it coming from a place of ignorance and not transphobia. However, this, this is just blatant transphobia. Nothing to do with her swimming, nothing to do with her abilities. They just don't want to be around trans people. You know, you Penn, if you really want to show your support for Leah, kick these transphobic girls off the team. They're the problem. Okay. There you go. That's it. Got no time. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> There are women that don't want it. There are little girls that shouldn't be subjugated to it. I'm talking about not at Penn, but across the country. The best example was the spa, and it was the lady I should mention of color, because that seems to always matter now, that was deeply offended, oh. if you remember. Oh, because a guy who was actually a sex offender multiple times over had a beard, walks into the spa completely naked with a partial erection, and you yes. got kids in there. 
A six-year-old. Yes. To be kind of progressive activist. Yes. I mean, we could go through that whole thing. And remember, she said, no, that's a man. I can tell because of the, and she mentions Mm -hmm. the clinical terminology. Yes. Yes. That's what it is. My gosh. Somebody sent me a picture of a bunch of bro dudes in the skimpy uh, swimsuits, and it says Women's World Cup Swimming 2026. (laughs) This is insane. Where does this go? Where does this end? Seriously, where does it end? Well, exposing yourself to unwanted people is generally considered a sex crime. Am I right? Yes. Not in that world. But again, you can't just do this at the spa. Like I asked. Yeah. So he, he could stay there. He could stay there? Yeah. What sexual orientation? I see a d- It lets me know he's a man. He, he's a man. He is a man. He is not no female. Right. It's just common sense sort of stuff. But it's, I'm not going to say, what's the other terminology for it's come to a head with this whole story? No, I'm serious. What else do you say to that? It's, I need to work something else into the repertoire there. The rubber's meeting the road? (laughs) It might be worse. I think you know what I'm after there. Yes, because of everyone talking about what happened with the NCAA swim championships over the weekend. Yeah, you get it. Okay. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Thank yeah. goodness. And finally, one. Uh, Republican Party in, I think it's Arizona, is starting to register people at gas stations. This is genius. This is freaking genius. Register Republicans are registering people to vote across from gas stations with a sign in front of how much they're paying a gallon. A lot of people like that idea. Oh, it's a great idea. Arizonans are pissed off. Yeah. Record high gas prices. So the RNC, in a a move actually of strategic genius, decided it would be a good idea to start their voter registration close to gas stations where people are already angry. Well, they're just not educated yet. See, it's not because of inflation. It's you know the oil companies gouging. That's what Biden right, is yes. saying now. Well, I think it's. I think if every if every Republican state party doesn't do something similar to this, you're out of your mind. You are missing an opportunity here. Yeah. Get as close as you possibly can to the gas station. If not on the property of the gas station, hold your voter registration. Hey, you're really angry about this? Well, everybody is. You want to do something about it? Come here. Get registered. Yeah. And there you have it. Okay, I said 86% of people who register with a party, by the way, the first time, vote for that party. Really? Yeah. Interesting stat. Mm-hmm. You know, Biden now also blaming costs on some of the shipping companies. I heard that. Gouging the people. Golly. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, thought you would get a kick out of that. Joe Biden is president bystander. Again. Everything just happens around him. Yeah. But remember, he did nominate this Supreme Court nominee, and he's very proud of her. Katenji, well, you saw her. I guess you saw Justice Brown. Yeah, but can't quite remember the name, but just know mm. held in very high regard. Okay think we're good here okay gosh dang the the whole mazy hirono you're not a diversity hire the democrats set that up that was yes wow okay got to get to a news update and nimrod's in the news straight ahead right here
right. The Markley Van Camp Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. This, this is wild, man. This is just astounding. Uh... The Wall Street Journal is reporting right now that a pro-Kremlin tabloid says that according to the Russian Ministry of Defense, 9,800 Russian soldiers have been killed in Ukraine. Yeah, I saw that. Buddy. Man. And that would lead you to believe that it's related to the Kremlin. It's very possibly more than that. I mean, you're talking about within a month you've lost that many soldiers? Wow. That's, well, surprising if someone would have told you that a month ago. I don't think a lot of people would have bought that. Do you see what the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin said? I'm not a huge fan, but this is just what he said. Their strategy right now is feeding their own troops into a wood chipper. It's the way he defined it. It's kind of been the Russian military for 100 years. Yeah. I mean, it really is just we've got a whole lot of people, and we're going to try to send wave after wave of man. It's the Zap Brannigan strategy. Right. Whoa. Again, I'm just surprised that is the number reported by that agency. So you hear this back and forth of people saying it's totally propaganda when Ukraine says it's winning or that you know news organizations say that because it's not really true. But when you hear that, as you said all along, David, and it's true, you don't know what to believe. Yeah. But you know they know that in Ukraine, and it's getting some wind under their sails to keep fighting. I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. Well, the strategy kind of shifted in some of these towns to starving out the people that are there. Yeah. You know, which is unbelievably cruel as well. Well, and the other report... 10 million now from Ukraine displaced. Yeah. So, obviously, keeping an eye on that. Now i got to get to Nimrod's The News. Roll it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's The News. Well... Tulsa, Oklahoma, this is crazy. A group of people stayed at an Airbnb, stole everything, including the appliances. Whoa. Booking was made for one person and their pet, but security cameras showed five or six people ransacking the place. Sometimes you wonder, you're almost surprised it doesn't happen more often, but then there's video and you could catch these people. Was the owner. They looked around and found that all of the televisions had been ripped off the walls. Um, the furniture was moved around. All the small appliances were missing. The same person in the picture on their profile as it was on the security cameras, but they were removed from Airbnb after. But here's the one thing. One of them used their actual ID when they booked the place. So cops know who they well, are. dummy. So they should be able to get them. And then... Guy in St. Louis, 27 years old, tried to carjack two police officers early Saturday morning. So, obviously, it wasn't Mark, the car. Yes, it was. No. That's how brazen we're talking. Yes. <laughs> Walked to the passenger side of a police car, pointed a handgun at him. They were able to maneuver out of the way. And then the carjacker's like, oh, I guess that is a police car, and bolted. 
So local news talks to a local guy about it, which I loved his take. Check this. That's goofy. You're trying to jack the people who's supposed to protect us. Go to church, pray, get out the street. They could have shot him, shot and killed him. Get, get on God's side, man, whoever you are. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Like Van Camp's advice. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's of the news.